Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Take Your Points. I'm your host, Ronan Scott. Our guests this week are Antrim Ladies Football Manager, Emma Kelly, who's here to discuss the past season, and Kevin Hinfey, Ulster GA coach and Gaelic Life columnist, who I want to ask how to improve hurling in Ulster. Hello and welcome, Kevin. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, first question I had for you is, you wrote a piece recently about how to improve hurling in Ulster. And I want to ask why you felt you needed to write that piece. I suppose the piece was about the development of new hurling clubs and why that's important for the future of the game in the province. I suppose just working on hurling development and being on the ground, you can really see the challenges that exist be with a very small number of hurling clubs in each county. You know, just things that probably people involved with football development just take for granted are real challenges for like hurling coaches and hurling managers across Ulster. You know, just getting regular competitive games, forming meaningful league competitions. Just all those things are very difficult. So, for example, in a county, if you have four or five hurling teams, within that four or five teams, you might have two or three different levels of ability. But like with just a small number of student necessity, you often have to just lump those teams together to form a league. And that's just the outcome of that is games maybe where the better teams are winning heavily against the weaker teams and the fallout from that then the weaker teams maybe players like losing interest you know if they take too many ones on the on the side of too many one-sided feats or whatever so it's just a big challenge again i suppose i know just this year i was involved as a selector with the day hurling team and just even the difficulty in forming a panel you know when you're starting with such a small base of players to choose from and you, you, you have players then opting off for like a variety of reasons, which is fair enough. You know, not everyone wants to commit to a season at County Hurling, but once once you're really, like, I think we finished out last year, getting to the Christering final, and we were probably working off a panel of 23, 24 players at that stage of the year. And, you know, even though that's difficult just in terms of training, you know, you, you can't even play games at training or full matches and things like that, you know, so just if if we could broaden the base in counties across Ulster, you know, those sort of things, the challenges there and forming meaningful league competitions for clubs, uh, having more players available for county management teams to select from, all those things, you know, would be really, really helpful getting more teams playing. The first point you made in your column was about increasing the number of clubs in Ulster. Um, is that happening as fast as it should be? There is a lot of good work going on in terms of trying to increase the number of clubs taking part in hurling competitions across Ulster. You know, I, I maybe referenced Fermanagh in the article, and you know, there's great work going on there. They, they're up to eight underage hurling units competing at the minute, up from really just less below a few years ago. So that's great to see. And Derry, over the past 10 years, we sort of went from the eight existence hurling clubs. Now we have 13 teams taking part at goal games level, you know, which is great. But again, 
there's still big swathes of the county where children have no opportunity to play hurling really. Um, look, uh, Saul and Down just starting a new hurling team there. Hopefully, like over the years, that that'll bed in and that'll be another club for Down to work work with. Uh, if the amalgamation teams that performed in Toronto a few years ago, uh, there's one in Ballygoy, Cuhullin, Niglana, I think it's the name, and then Tullogue and around Cookstown. And then there was a, another team in Ben Burb sort of area. So look, all, you know, all those things are really, really positive in terms of hurling development, but like we're, you're still, there's still a huge room for developing the game and growing the game in the province. And, you know, the reality is just competing against counties where there's 30 and 40 hurling clubs just isn't possible if you're picking from six or seven and that's just the, the reality of it at the minute so look it's going to be a very long-term thing to get up to those levels but it's just something you just i think all the hurling people across ulster just keep chipping away at the second point you had was the challenges to starting clubs I wanted to know why would some clubs not want hurling? You know, for a lot of people, I suppose, you know, they probably see hurling as a perceived threat to football in the club. You know, I think it's just trying to break down that uh, misconception, really, uh, and try and highlight the benefits of having hurling in the club as opposed to the issues it might cause in terms of trying to manage dual player schedules or whatever. But, you know, I think just you look across Ulster and there's so many clubs where they're really, really successful dual clubs. I suppose you don't have to look much further in Slight Neil to see what they've been able to do over the last decade, really. So, look, it can be done. You just can't credibly argue that it's not possible in the face of what clubs like Slight Neil have been able to achieve. And, you know, I think, you know, if you can just sell those benefits of, you know, transferable skills and forming deeper bonds with players that are going to play for their club more often. You know, you would really, really, being a dual player myself, and you, the, the, the tightness between the dual players was really, really close because we were just together so often. We were pretty much out training or playing together every evening. So, like, there's loads and loads of benefits of having and introducing Ireland into the club. And I think it's just trying to sell those benefits to people and allay any fears they have in terms of uh, just how that might impact the football end of things. Then finally, what is your hope for the future of Hurling and Ulster? Do you have a number of clubs that you think you would like to see start up in the next number of years? Uh, or what goal is it we should have for Hurling and Ulster? Look, I suppose every county has their own ambitions to climb up through the tiers. You know, for the area at the minute, if we could a Christie Ring Cups are a really uh, achievable goal over the next few years. It'd be great to see Derry get a Christie Ring Cup in the bag and then go on and try and compete at Joe McDonough. I know Downer are currently playing at that level and just very narrowly missed out in the Joe McDonough final this year. So they'll be really happy the way things are going there. You know, Antrim, I suppose, are always the sort of flagship county in terms of hurling and Ulster. They have the number of clubs competing to compete at that top table and against the better teams in the, the traditional Hurland County. So, you know, they had a great campaign last year really in the in the National League. Obviously, they would have been disappointed with their championship campaign, but they've definitely got a lot to build on from 
their campaign last year. The other counties again look to the, it's just growing the game, I think, and growing the number of clubs playing is just vital, as I say. So it's up to all the counties, you know, to do whatever they can to try and grow that base. And hopefully look as I say, it's a fairly long term long term goal to improve Hurdle and Ulster, but I, I'd be confident that, you know, if people stick at it and keep doing the right things, it'll we'll get there in the end and you'll see a gradual improvement of standards and hopefully gradually see under county teams in Ulster being more competitive at the top level. Kevin, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Emma, thanks for joining the show this week. Um, I wanted to get you on to just to do a review of the season, look back at Antrim's year, um, highs and lows. Um, but it's supposed to start. Was there anything uh, you're particularly pleased about this season or, 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 or frustrated, I should say? Some of everything. If, if you look at it, um, really pleased at the range of teams that were involved. So I think we had nine club teams involved. Um, normally you'd maybe have only two or three, maybe the fourth. Um, represented in the clubs but we had a wide wide range um, represented throughout the league and championship which was brilliant um, I think it, it helps develop the sport so you know rightly if there was one person in your club that wasn't seen as one of the strongholds of the clubs it actually drives the younger ones on well I want to be like wherever it may be or it gets club support in the county then we'll all go watch because we have a club player there and um, I just thought it was brilliant to have that wide range um, Numbers of trials last year was very good. Again, you had even more clubs turn up, but unfortunately you can't take everybody. But it was brilliant that way. Downside was probably, obviously, not getting out of Division 4. Um, plans, obviously, we were through under the deep end in, in April. It we had only a few weeks before the league started that we didn't have proper preparation done. But the first um, game against Derry, we could see that, right, OK, the potential's there, the buy-in's there. Um, the girls were, were coming to training. They were holding themselves accountable. They were pushing each other on. I think that was brilliant this year. Um, before, you would have had girls that don't have to train. Sure, I'll get on anyway. Um, they'll never drop me. Whereas this year, um, myself and Kayla just said straight away, we don't care who you are, who your name is. Whoever trains best will get on. If you don't turn up, you're basically putting yourself in the line for maybe not even getting in the 30 for match day, never mind the 15. Um, so the buy-in and intensity was brilliant. And you could see as the year went on, every girl was improving each week. So I read an interview the other day from, was it the Galway hurling keeper? And he said that he didn't get playing in a couple of finals and one of the his competitor got um, an all-star. And he says, that was my all-star because I pushed him at training. I'm the one pushing him. So it's the same as the rest of the girls. The 15 that don't get on the starting are constantly pushing the rest to be better because they're on their tails. And that's just the way it is. And I thought that was brilliant this year. Normally we wouldn't have had that. It would have been like, oh, we can't drop them. We'll play them. and We can't take them off. We're relying on them. Whereas we have the same quality on the bench as we do um, on the pitch that if somebody's having an off day, right, okay, come off here and we'll get somebody on replace you. Don't worry about it. You'll go again. Um, so I think that was brilliant. How difficult was it to come in late? Because you, your appointment to the position, um, yourself, Akela's appointment was quite late on in the year. You know, it, it just seems madness that it would be that late. Frustrating, for I imagine, for you. But how? what was the challenge you had to, do, had to try to get up to speed? I was just chilling out and watching a film and... The next thing my phone was going mad and I was just like, 
what's going on. So um, it's just like, oh, it stepped away. And it was the girls that were all on to me. You better be going in for this. You better be doing this. And then the chairwoman in the sector was on to me. This has never happened before. The girls are demanding that you step in. So it was interim manager to start with Sarah McCann and Martin Sherlock and a couple of other club ones had said that they would come in just to give a hand, just to get it up and going because the league was coming around the corner pretty fast. So I'd said, right, well, um, I'll have a think about um, who'd maybe want to take in with me. So obviously Kyle, top player, um, she would have coached, so she would have been in the same background as myself, coaching as, as her jobs. So I rang her and it was just by luck that she was just like, a couple of teams have been on me and I've been like, no, I'm holding off or something holding off. So it was kind of fit that she had held off and I'd been offered a different job too, managing. And I had was meant to actually confirm that the following day. So again, it was fit that this had happened at the right time. So Kyla had then literally the next day, I'm, I've thought about it, I'm interested. So we had a talk about, right, what would their plans be? We obviously had to apply then for the job because we were only an interim, we're like, right, this is what's happening. So um, we were just like, right, we'll start training them the way that we would want it. So at least then we're not chasing our tails as well, going, oh, sure, we'll go willy-nilly. And then once we get it, we're trying to catch up. So we just went at it. Um, the girls all bought in once I'd mentioned Kyla's name. Like, some were just like, what? So it's just like, go look up. Go look it up on YouTube. See what she's capable of. See what's there. And some of them were just like, right, okay. But both of us would kind of bring the fear factor as well. Um, the way that both of us would have played and the way we get on, it's we want to win. It doesn't matter who's in front of you or whatever. So because I was playing for St Paul's, my one worry was the money Glasgow's because we had such a big rivalry at club. Would they want to play for me? Well, it was only the one player, to be honest, and it was Cathy, Kerry, because the rest of the girls had played for me at underage at some stage. So Cathy Carey would have been the only one that I would have played with at Jordanstown against at Derry, with at Antrim and hadn't have coached or whatever. So she was my one worry. But then when trials happened, she hadn't been there. But then Cathy, you know Cathy, Cathy has the respect of any manager or coach or whatever and she will give them the respect too. So she rang, just like Emma. I haven't turned up because I'm trying to sort this, this and this out. And it's just like, right, okay. But um, I want to play and I was like, right, dead on. That's all I need. And the girls know that. All I need is accountability, where you're at, why you're not there and when you'll be there. Um, and we've had girls that we've just said, look, you're gone or you've been dropped off the starting team because we didn't know where you were at. Simple, everybody's going by the same rules. So um, we just went at it and you could see yourself, Cathy Carey had one of the best seasons of her life for county and club and she's running around with a smile on her face and all of us are just going, Cathy's loving her football and she's she's just stood out there, she stood out as a leader and that is one of the probably best things about coming in to take this team that I was afraid of Cathy maybe not wanting to play but the opposite has happened, she's playing the best that she could play. And the same as some of the other girls, Alexa Granya McLaughlin and Kira Brown, a lot of the girls have stepped up. And I was kind of afraid of maybe they'll be like, oh, it's, it's Emma, we'll not do it. Whereas we expect the best and they've seen what we expected and they just kept raising that level of standards up. And girls knew it. Granya probably be raging that I even said this. We had a game and a couple of girls that... Um, would consider themselves to be in the starting 15, 
we put them into a training game and we just mixed the teams up like to, to make it even, but they were seeing themselves as in the second team, which wasn't the case. Um, so that was actually the kick up the, the bum that, that Grania and a couple of the other girls needed because we were just like, why do you deserve to be there? So they're doing just the same thing. And that was, everybody then had their eyes open. We were just like, right, okay, they're actually being serious in the way they went. And sure, Grania herself was up for junior play of the year. And the three girls that had mentioned all got the, the Irish News All-Star there. So it's just, it's been more a relief as well as really positive. And the buzz about the county is brilliant because I think they all know rightly, I don't care if I play club alongside you, if I don't think if there's somebody better than you on the county squad, it doesn't mean that you're going to get starting because of who you are. And I think that is how we've gained the respect. And Kayla's just like, yeah, no, you're you're not playing well. No. And like she's just straight to the bit. I'm just like, Kayla, go speak to them a minute. And she'll just go straight to the point. Whereas sometimes I could be too nice where I'm just like, Kayla, just go straight to the point with them. Otherwise, if I go straight to the point, I'll end up being brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's we kind of have a happy medium there in training and stuff. It's I'll do the wee fun drills and Kayla does the mad runs. And she's like, why do I have to be the one that's always looking the bad one? It's just like, well, so now we brought in a strength conditioning coach. She can be the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you achieved the potential this year? Did the team, did the team achieve its potential this year? To an extent, we could look at some of the games um, we did play to our potential, but as near enough after every league game, I would have cracked up that, yeah, we got a good 20 minutes out of you there, and then we went to sleep. We've never got a full 60 minutes of complete football from them. And I think that was our downfall this year, even in the likes of the Ulster final where, yeah, we, we won it handy. We still didn't play full 60 minutes against Leitrim in the league. We blew them out of the water for the first 25 minutes and then we let them back in. And they ended up then coming out in the second half and rolling over us. And you're going, where's, where's that first 25 minutes at? So it's trying to get a full 60 minute game out of the girls mm -hmm. and, and just getting that... Um, Fluency, the whole whole match is, is what our aim is. So the potential's there. It's just now getting it up another level, another notch to to make it more consistent. And what about goals for next year? What Lego next season? Trials have already started. We've a lot of games already planned. So we've I think we've three or four friendlies planned for before Christmas. So it's straight in. Um, some of the girls are playing uni football, so they're taking themselves over that way. And um, a lot of other girls are like the. Money Lass and Bridges girls are only really finished. Um, but with a lot of games finished right up to the league, um, obviously, as you say, you need out of Division 4. You could win Junior All-Irelands every other year if you want it, but it's not going to benefit you and it's not going to push you on. You need to be playing against the top teams and you need that stepping stone up to Division 3. Um, so the likes of, if you look at Leitrim are playing intermediate football, they're down in Division 4. Wicklow, they were in Division 3 and were in junior, so now they're where they want to be. But then Fermanagh went up, they won the junior and Division 4 last year, two years ago, and now they're back down in both. So we need to get a good stepping stone. So as we said, after the junior All-Ireland, you're like, was that a blessing in disguise that we didn't win? Because if we won that, we're still playing Division 4 football, and then you go into intermediate you could be put straight back down, which breaks confidence. Whereas, right, okay, we'll learn from this year 
and hopefully plan now for next year that aim would be to get to Division 4 final and hopefully out of Division 4 and then once that stepping stone's done, get out of win the Junior All-Ireland, get out of there and get up. We need to be playing against better teams. It's the only way we're going to develop. If Antrim can do that, it'll only develop Antrim clubs then as well. Do you feel that there's pressure to, do, to achieve that, to get that promotion? Is there there's a pressure we've, ramped up? We have never got out of Division 4. Antrim have been in Division 4 the whole time. And as Cathy Carey says, she's not retiring until she gets out of Division 4. Yeah. Um, but we need to get out of there. We have good enough girls to do it. It's just getting the belief and the consistency to do that. Um, and I'm not sure, I think it's to be ratified in the next couple of weeks, what way it is. I think it's going to same groupings as last year. So it'll be the four in one group, three in the other group. And you go, the downside of that is you can't really develop your team properly because every match is a must-win match. Meaning then if you have 30 of a squad, it's roll-on, roll-off subs in the league until you get the semi-final final. But if it's a tight game, how can you put a girl in that you've just brought in to give her that experience and try and develop her and see what she can do in, in a match of that calibre. But yet, if something goes wrong, it backfires. So you can look at it either way, the league setup. You're not really getting the development. Obviously, Division 1, Division 2 teams, they don't really need that. Whereas Division 3, 4 probably would need maybe more games to get development. But then again, it's county football. It's It should be your best players that they should be able to be through into the fire. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. I'm, I don't know who's going to be on our side. Um, last year it was the closest teams because of COVID to cut out the travel. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but we have to get out of um, Division 4. That that would be the main aim. Um, and hopefully all the games that we've um, planned against. So we're, we have games against Division 3 teams and a couple of university teams that hopefully the girls will see what's needed and we get that step up. Are you happy with the way they're playing? Like, I mean, in terms of the style and the, and the playing to your strengths? At the start, we were leaking goals and then we tightened up in defence and then we started leaking goals. So I think we, our main problem would probably be kickouts. We need to get the movement, we need to get the right shape, but we have new girls coming in. So again, we ha there's no point in saying, right, our kickouts are always going to be A, B and C. You have to work every game to your player's strengths. So, like, if you had big Michelle McGee sitting in your half forward line, ah, she'll go long each time, she'll pluck it out of the sky. But if you don't have her, what's the point in doing that? And you're hitting it on top of one of your smaller girls. So you have to play to your players' strengths. So every game, it's it's the same as us. If we're going to play the likes of Carlo, you know, right, OK, we need to mark Clean and Shea, we need to mark such and such. All right, who's going to be the best build for that? But that's where you just need everybody training so you know your main plan. So... In Division 4, you don't really get much kicking. Um, but a lot of the girls have a good kick on them that can spray the passes. But to be honest, most of the club teams around here will work it out through the hands and then maybe get a kick. But we're trying to get our girls confident at kicking as well because obviously two, three kicks, you'll be up the pitch. So it's just then seeing, right, what's our strengths, what's our weaknesses, how can we go about it, where's girls comfortable playing it. So again, we'll build on it. Obviously, hand-passing game is going to need a lot of fitness. And I think one of our weaknesses at the start of the year probably was our movement and our forwards. Um, because if we got to the halfway line, there's no point in me saying we need to deliver the ball and we need to get delivered. And you look up and there's no movement. So we worked on that and it did get better. But again, it's, it's just going to depend on who's going to be our strong players, what's their strengths going to be. Um, like Granny McLaughlin's motoring about, are we going to play her in the half forward line, full forward line? 
where does she want it? So it, it just depends um, who we have and and what their strengths are as well. Do you see the ladies game developing the, the way the, the way the style is? You know, I, I'm thinking of comparisons to the other codes. There is the t conversations about how the game is developing, moving away from you know overly defensive defense, systems yeah. and more more work focused on the tran transition between defence and attack. Do you see that happening in ladies football as well? Yeah, if you look at the likes of Meath's play that went up against Dublin, they packed the defence and had their. It was all about their fitness and everybody knowing the role and having it straight into it, um, and they enjoyed the football because it was smooth because they knew everybody knew exactly what they're doing. People coming off the bench just went straight into it. Um, that's all about fitness as well, as well as the key skills. So you need to just hone all that in. But if you look at Division One, there's a massive step down in the levels to Division Four. But if you watch it, you can try and play the same style. It's just getting the girls to believe that they can do it. I commentated at the Ahagallon St Bridget's men's game with Jerome, and they were the men were let's bung the defence and then we'll go at speed. Whereas one of the teams was going at speed with a, a brilliant crossfield kick pass which cut out their um, sweeper and everything else and it's just like the girls some can pull out a pass 30-40 yard pass but it's making sure it's the right person on the ball um, some will try it and then sure it's cut out and then it's way up the field whereas the other team were very slow and then the other team got back so it's just again it, it's trying to get it into the girls heads look believe in yourself but it's not the person on the ball that's making the pass, it's the person off the ball. So there's no point standing waiting for the kick and then you make your run. But all that's it's building um, for us and it's something that we can work on. Um, we didn't overly have that for the league last year. So we started trying to work on our plays and stuff for the championship. But um, obviously playing games, we'll be able to say to the girls, look, this is what we want you to try. If it doesn't pull off, you do it again when we see um, friendlies and challenge games is where you get to practice those skills. Obviously in training you do it, but some girls hold back in training or they'll try something in training and not do it in a game. Whereas we're just trying to say, look here, do it now when it counts. If you don't try it in, in training or, or challenge games, you're not going to train it or try it in a proper game. So give it a go. If it doesn't work, then we'll, we'll scream at you, stop kicking the ball. Um, but we just want the girls to enjoy their football. And if they're fit enough and they have their skills honed, they will enjoy their football. And that's how you get the smiles in their faces and they're all uniting as one big team and going out there and, and just playing together as one big unit. You said earlier on about how the you know the interim players wanted you to get involved in the, with the team when they contacted you. Um, I wonder, is there more women should be getting into coaching, and or do they? Is it more that they responded to you? Uh, do you think there should be more women in in coaching um, than there is at the moment? Yeah, well, if you if you look at it, a lot of girls have some sort of experience. Like if you look at it now. Like you had myself and Kayla. Kayla was working with Down GA for years. I think she was probably the only female coach there for whatever length of time. Um, I'm with Community Sports Network. I was the only one, and then we have a couple now in training up. But you have a lot more female referees. You have a lot more female um, strength and conditioning um, coaches and things like that. So females are starting to get there. Um, but I think with our girls, they came to me because I had took majority of them at underage level as coach manager and to know that that's my background as well as when I was in fullback beside them I was constantly going on and on and they would come to me and ask 
what am I doing, what do I need to do and, and things like that. Or there was training sessions that it was maybe me saying, why are you doing that? You need to try and do this and actually helping them and coaching them as I was playing. Um, but there is some people that you would kind of look at and go, right, well, they have a good football and brain there. Like the likes of Kiva Marley. She knows how to play the game um, and she's a teacher, so she's able to, to talk around it and stuff. But again, there's a big difference in being a teacher and a coach. So a lot of teachers are, it's completely, it's just, Never as at uni, it's, I would have been arguing with the PGCE girl that's, well, I'm coaching and just like, teacher's not coaching, just like, uh -huh. whereas now I'm going, actually, it, it's not. It's completely different going it. Yes, you might be organised, whatever, but if you don't know certain things, it, it's no point to it. But the likes of Kiva has played up at that level. You could probably look at it that um, Jerry McLaughlin is now out coaching with um, Ulster GAA that she'll be doing that. Carla Rose doing a lot of stuff too. So I think it takes a personality that like Cathy Carey has taken her underage um, club teams. Um, so she's got the coaching brain. She's going to do her qualifications and but it's having the respect of the girls too. So like the young money glass girls looking awe at Cathy. But it's it's just getting involved. The likes of you could take underage teams in your club, no baller, um, and just go get your level one or your foundation, or whatever. But there's a lot of people out there coaching men out coaching that don't even have their ladies' qualifications, and you're just going, well, that explains why you don't know the tackle, and then you're running around and it's just causing up uproar there as well. So, like doing the referee course obviously the tackle is the main thing that's been hit on and people don't understand it but they don't understand because they haven't done the course um, whereas if you've played the game then you know what's expected and what it is so whenever I'm refereeing somebody will do something like that's a free ref and I'm like no because I've seen what you did there like I know all the tricks of the day I've done that so it's it's kind of out there but you're able to pick up on it and that benefits then too taking the county team that I'm able to say you're not going to get away with it. So, so the priority really is to be a good coach is not what gender you are you just have to have the training and, and have the understanding and crucially have the respect. Of exactly the I think being female actually holds you back from getting some of the good jobs um, because how many females is there taking the men's teams I know Kira McGurk from Derry is involved with Sean Dolan's men's um, Kira Brian player and she's coaching, she knows the game in and out. But that's the respect. She said when she turned up they didn't the boys didn't look at her any different because they're probably looking at her going, Well, she's done more than what we have done. Whereas other other clubs would probably go, We're not getting a female in, maybe for strength conditioning or Pilates or something like that. But they're not going to get a female in to coach because do they do they think that we can't do it? I'm not sure. I'm hoping that after Maggie taking the referees, as she said, I'm I'm not a I'm not a female referee, I'm, I'm a referee. It would be the same as I'm not a female manager or a female coach. I'm a coach or a manager. I'm just as good as the males, if not better than the males. You just haven't given us a chance. And it's just trying to get that belief and understanding there that, well, we are good enough. And I think that's key too, the likes of the Dublin girls, Meath girls and all that, just by the way that they've played and the standards have set, that is showing girls, like some males are looking at it going, Vicky Wall, jeez, look at that for a player. I'd love to be able to do that. And it, it is just 
earn in that respect and, and making people stand out and it's the role models. So if we can get that in Antrim that we have all these role models for all the younger girls and boys to look up to, not just girls looking up to girls, the boys looking up to the girls, then that would be class. Yeah. Just finally, Donna Moyne won the Ulster Ladies Final there um, at the weekend and beat Breda. Wonder what you thought about that and wonder what you thought about how did Breda miss out their opportunity and what do you think of Donna Moyne as a team and the success they've had? I think Breda did miss out on their opportunity in the first day. Um, you're kind of sitting shouting at the, the screen, you're two players up, just go, just go. And I think Donna Moyne, I think that they showed their, their heart and belief and actually holding Breda out for that long too. And, and you could look at it either way, Breda didn't go for it or did Donna Moyne put them under that much pressure, they couldn't go for it, that um, they kind of did it. But Donna Moyne yesterday, they just come out like an animal, going mad, that, as I said, like, Breda's defence and midfield were put under that much pressure. It wouldn't have mattered um, if Breda's forwards got the ball because the pressure and the intensity that Dunamoyne brought to that game, I think Breda maybe got caught as in, mm, we had them. But again, you have to go out. Dunamoyne, I think, realised that they went to a draw twice in their Monaghan Championship and that was the wee kick they went going, right, okay, they're, they're catch. People's thinking they have us here, we'll, we'll pick it up, we'll pick it up. And again, the Breda game, they were kind of going, right, okay, can we lift this? And they played some intensity for 60 minutes. And it's, I still think Breda, if they had have got the ball into their forwards, possibly could have made a difference. Eva Hicks was on fire, but Dunamoyne's work rate was just unbelievable to watch and see. Ella Dirk and Anna McKee, you could have maybe had them on earlier. I think they brought a bit of fire and life to Breda the last five, ten minutes that they started then going for it. Um, but again, you have to hold your hands up to Dunamoyne. Um, people thought, oh, they're, they're slipping here, they're slipping. But again, it's having that belief in themselves that here, people think they're going to catch us. They're not. We still have this talent. We still have that. Um, a man in the middle of the field, like just running around there, just, yeah, okay, give me the ball, that's it. The Courtney's, they're still lighting it up here and they'll be hard to beat. It's after that, the tough game against Breda, realising the resilience and the mentality and then they come out for that performance yesterday. Breda's not, a, not an easy team to beat. They, they are a brilliant outfit and for them to go out and put on a performance like that against Breda, it's something else and I don't know who they play next in the next round, but um, they'll be hard to beat. They're a remarkable team, a remarkable story. Yeah, and they mustn't have anything else to do around Dunhamoy. <laughs> so they mustn't, but they're, they have some talent, so they are. Um, and they're losing players, but the likes of the Garlands and was it your wee woman, is it Aoife Burns or Burn or something played yesterday and she was brilliant. So it's it's not like it's all older players. They're, they're bringing their, their youth through there too. And it, it's a brilliant balance. And you can see them still hanging about. Like everybody thinks Cora Courtney and that are, are in their 30s or whatever. And you're going, no, they've, they've just been about a long time. Mm. But they're, they're getting better each year too. So it'd be interesting to see how they get on the next round. But um, you'd fancy Breda to go and lick their wounds and, and come back to try and hunt them down next year again. Mm. Emma, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in. No bother, thank you.